Hey, this episode is brought to you by Sinusoid Cables. Yep. Makers of cables and smiles. You gotta keep going with that smiles thing over and over again. Well, do you think it's better or worse than what I did last week? What was last week? Like the macho sinusoid? Yeah, that was bad. That was definitely worse. Let's stick with smiles. Okay. Sinusoid Cables brought you this episode. Maker of cables and smiles. Head on over to sinusoid.com. Go check them out. Uh, we like them and you're going to like them too. Yep. I didn't think about that. Hey, this is Ryan. And this is Steve, and you're listening to CC Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. We're back at it again. Apparently, filming these episodes is the key to getting me to do the opening tag correctly. <laughs> uh, because I have not done it correctly, at least not that smoothly, in months. Yeah, uh, by the way, if you're listening to this, uh, just know that you could also watch it if things didn't go horribly wrong. If the cameras kept working and we were able to continue filming the episode. And if everything is working, this is the first video podcast that we've done? No, we've done little flirts with it before. This is the first video podcast we've done in a very long time. Yes, yes, absolutely. We have much better equipment now. Uh, we have a uh, much better following on YouTube, so it makes more sense mm, yes. to uh, try to break into video podcasting. Yeah, so, so I, I guess along with that, welcome to our YouTube audience. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, All I, 150 I, of you. I guess maybe if this takes off, we'll have to do a YouTube live at some point. Oh, man. I don't want to think about sucker, that. Sucker. That's what you get. <laughs> Pandora's box. Yeah, I don't want to talk about Pandora's box. All right. Speaking of Pandora's box, uh, what's new with you, Ryan? Uh, what's new with me is I bought a uh, I bought a, a Squire Bullet Mustang HH. The yep. HH stands for hot and heavy. Uh, I'm pretty sure it stands for humbucker, humbucker. Yeah, it stands for humbucker, humbucker. No Coke. You don't get that joke, do you? I do. <laughs> Actually, in in a, a Facebook group I'm in, uh, we were recently talking about cheeseburger, cheeseburger. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I mentioned how I ate there once, and I did not think it was very good. Oh, you didn't like it? No, I it think... It was all about the toppings, though. I think uh, they're... At least the burger I had, it... The meat was bad, and nobody told me like, "Oh no, you had your you should get the smallest meat," because I got the biggest meat. You got the big meat, huh? I was wanted to put that big meat in my mouth, and you thought the big meat was bad, and it just did not taste good to have that big meat in my mouth. I don't remember the meat, but it was a very like toppings heavy place. No, so it, basically, long story short, there was a Saturday Night Live sketch where like yes. someone the like about a hamburger place, and the guy said cheeseburger, cheeseburger instead of cheeseburger, cheeseburger. And then the whole joke was... Yeah, Pepsi, was, Pepsi, no Coke. Yeah, no Coke. And it's one of those SNL sketches. It actually wasn't funny, but there was nothing else on TV at the time, so everyone thought it was great. Yeah, and then some guys in Chicago were like, hey, let's make a restaurant. So they did. Yeah. Uh, and then they became a chain somehow. Yeah. And We had, had one in San Diego. For and then like it, two years. And, and it then it closed. <laughs> this is a long, dumb story that no one cares right. about. Uh, so anyway, you got this Mustang. Yeah. Uh, should I grab it right now? Is it in front of us? No. Nah. Well, I did a demo on oh, YouTube. Oh, I guess they can't see it because you put it over there and off camera. Yeah, Good it job. depends on which camera I use. One camera will pick up the headstock of it. Mm. The other one won't. Oh, yeah, headstock. Anyway, you can check out our video. You're already watching this on the channel. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I actually think it's really great. I was, uh, I was, I mean, I guess it's obvious, but uh, at least it should be obvious, but it wasn't completely obvious to me that it would have the 24-inch uh, scale. Oh really? Even though that's a standard Mustang. Did you thing. think it would be like strat neck on there? Yeah, I just I just didn't think about it. Uh, you know, everything else at the that price point is usually very standardized. You know, standardized. I figured, oh, it's just going to be another 
bullet headstock, only it's going to say Mustang on it instead right. of bullet, or instead of Stratocaster. No, so. they made it 24-inch scale. It uh, it feels like a short-scale neck. Like oh, the, yeah. The strings yeah. are really it feels like right. slinky and like loose. Yeah. It, it's got a really thin body on it, which is fun. It resonates like crazy, thanks to that paper-thin body. Yeah. Uh, I've been having fun with it. I guess I've only have like two hours of playtime with it so far. Are Mustang bodies usually thin? I think it really depends on what year and what model you get. Because well, they have to be thick enough to house the, the tremolo springs. Oh, right. Well, I know typically, again, because this is a, the Bullet Series, the Bullet Series bodies, uh, once you get into like the, you know, when they started doing the Bullet Strats and whatever uh-huh. in the 90s, uh, they've always been undersized bodies. Yeah. Like they've been thinner. So instead of, I think, standard. Yeah, remember that bullet strap I, I had? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that body was weird. You bought a GFS block for it, or did it come with it that? It came with that. And it, it stuck out the they, back. It had to be like shaved down to fit. Yeah, I bought that used off a guy, and he did all the mods to it, and I just enjoyed it for a year and then sold it. <laughs> yep. But it was a fun one. Uh, so yeah, I'm stoked about the guitar. Uh, the big reason I got it was to shoot it out against the uh, the Epiphone Les Paul SL when it arrives yeah. in September, just because uh, it's getting, been getting me a crap ton of views on YouTube and completely changed my YouTube game. So I guess from now on, I'm just going to be buying really cheap guitars from big brands and shooting them out on YouTube for the rest of my life, because that's how you find success on YouTube. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going to argue with it. Hey, speaking of cheap guitars, did I tell you what I did that's new? You were were hinting at it. You want to tell the story? Yeah, so um, we got an email today, uh, 60cyclehumcast at gmail.com, on a tip saying, hey, you guys are in San Diego. You should get this. Somebody tip for Steve. uh, Somebody put this on Reverb (laughs) that um, there was a Fender Mexican Stratocaster for sale Local pickup only, $130. So I look at it, and I'm like, huh, that's interesting. I send the guy a message, and then I email back to the guy who sent me the tip. His name is Ethan. Thanks, Ethan. Thanks for the hot um, tips. <laughs> you're just trying to – you can't even get through the whole line I can't, there. I can't. Um, Thanks for the hot tip, Ethan. So, Steve uh, really enjoys your hot tip. <laughs> so anyway, um, so I'm – I email Ethan back and he's like, I was like, yeah. So I messaged the guy. I'm waiting to hear back. I want to make sure it's legit. And he's like, dude, it's 130 bucks. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah. Which is kind of true, I guess. I mean, it's um, on, it's on reverb. It's on reverb. So, so there's some protection. So there, well, I, you know, I paid through PayPal. So there's PayPal protection. Oh, did you message him through reverb? Yeah. Reverb is going to be on your ass for no, that. No, I checked out through, through was, reverb. Through reverb. Okay, good. So I good. bought it on so reverb. You didn't like, I paid you didn't, through PayPal. Okay, okay. I, you didn't sidestep through. No, 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 okay, okay. no. Gotcha. Uh, so I messaged him before I even heard back from him. I went ahead and checked it, hit checkout, and uh, the guy's kind of all cross county, but uh, you know it's all paid for, and I'm not like super worried about like oh I'm gonna get this and you know I'm gonna break the seven day policy or anything like, <laughs> like it's, <laughs> it's local. Um, so yeah. and it's gonna be like at 130 bucks. It's actually funny. He emailed me back and he's like, oh the the spring cover off the back is missing. Uh, so I totally understand if you want to back out. And I was like, no, it's cool. I think I have one. And it's like a $10 part. Yeah. Um, it's also missing a knob, but I think I have one of those. 
So I'm looking forward to getting it and putting a knob on, and I probably won't even replace the the spring cover because that's such a common. Oh yeah, I wouldn't I, even I call it I've a like, mod to I've pull got that like off. Four of those in a box somewhere, and uh, basically as soon as I get it, I'm going to take some decent photographs. Oh, and it came with a hard case. Nice. So I'm trying to decide if I want to keep the hard case and try to sell it separately. Or if I just want to keep the hard case and put another guitar in it and then throw the Strat in a gig bag. But I figure I'll, I'll put it on Craigslist for 300 and basically sell it for the first offer above 250 Flip City. Yep. Instacash, sort of, <laughs> but it's going to take a couple weeks. Mexican Strats have been going for more lately. Yeah. Well, this one's a 90, we, we, this we, one's a 98, so I don't know how It's probably very similar to it. my Strat. Yeah. 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 Uh, when we first started doing this show, Mexican strats were sitting like at 280, just under 300. And I feel like I'm seeing them 350 all the time. Yeah. Now. People are listing them higher. Well, the standard, um, the street price on a, on a standard strat now is 600. Yeah, that's crazy. So it has pushed the use price up. So maybe I should list at 350 and take the first thing above 275. I don't know. I, I haven't gone that far yet. I probably need to... Uh, get the guitar in my hands before I get too excited. Yeah, what if it's just a total dog and you can't flip it at all because yeah. it's all busted up? My my real nightmare. Well, it looks good in the pictures. Like it looks really. I mean, well even put if if the body and the pickups are trash, if the neck is good, you can still get your money back. Yeah, on that neck pretty or at least you know get get most of it. Yeah. My biggest fear actually is that uh, the pictures on Reverb were fake. <laughs> And that it's actually a squire, right? Right. Well, he said Mexican. If it's if it yeah, doesn't, no, he was, if it, it was very specific. Fit, if it doesn't fit the description of being a Mexican-made fender, then you get to file a claim with Reverb, as long yep. as you do it within seven days. Yep, or seventy-two hours, or whatever it is. Unless the dealers or the sellers thing says all sales final. Mm. I don't know how that works. Anyway, I don't know. I think an improper description would be in your favor yeah. in that case. Uh, so yeah, so I'm pretty pretty stoked about that guitar. Yeah, that'll be fun. Um I already have a strat so I don't need it. That's why it's going to get flipped, especially again at one at $130. Yeah. They're kidding. That's Flip City. All right, uh let's hit this first ad. Let's do it. This was sent to us by Eric Bailey. Yep. You want to read it? Um once I find it. You'll find it, Steve. I'm I'm worried about it. Here's a Fender Pawn Shop Japan hardtail body, hardware, pots, etc. With a 1986 made in Japan Fender neck, Cluson locking machine heads, and a harmonic design Alnico 5 dog ear P90. Its chambered body with F-hole roller string trees has one tone on volume. You can add a tele pup in the neck. Everything is there for it but the pup. Uh, this thing is worn in and feels great. Feels great playing. 12-inch radius neck. Set up with low action, no buzz, no dead spots. Plays killer. Really don't want to part with it. Excuse me, but it doesn't get played as much as my others and could use the cash for other ventures. At this price point, it's absolutely the best strat you could buy. Except it's not a strat. Um, <laughs> and sounded like... Uh, uh, I want a Strat that played like a Strat. It sounded like a 335 or an LP Junior. And that's what I got. If interested, shoot me an email. No trades, please. I have too much gear. Thanks. Hope you snag this beast. Uh, I didn't keep the price on this. Yeah, I'm bummed um, that we don't get to see how much he asked for it. I could probably find I'm it. I'm track it down. It's, I mean, what we're looking kind of at a, here is the, uh, is the pawn shop style body, like the, the, uh, the thin line with the, the F hole in it. 
but he's hacked a dog ear P90 into yeah. the bridge and taken the neck pickup out. They're asking $350. How much do these go in for pristine? Um, so if it had the original neck on it, it would go for at least $350. Okay. So because, he's, because he's trying these were to that uh, modern or the pawn shop series that were like seven seven hundred seven I think six nine yeah I think it was like six ninety nine new something like that sure so he's he's in a fair price range I suppose yeah, yeah. if you're willing to live with his hack job on this um, on this pickup route because he really it looks like he cut it out with a spoon there it's pretty rough yeah yeah I mean I'm uh, I'm not saying that to you know be arrogant or anything like i don't think i would do any better of a job but no the p90 the problem with the dog ear is you definitely have to mount it to the the body and you know this is depending on what the interior on on this is because it is like a semi-hollow build like there might not be a lot to work with there um so that routing does look rough yeah uh, the neck and it's completely non-reversible like yeah. this is this guitar has always got to have that p90 in it now or a or a dog ear P90 because it's never going to look right with anything else. You might be able to slam. No, you wouldn't. I was going to say you might be able to slam a Jazzmaster pickup in there. No, no. Uh, I mean the real issue is that once you cut out for those dog ears, you're it's done. Stuck with that shape. It's done. Yeah. Um, the neck on this, uh, I believe him that the neck is great. Those uh, yeah, a lot Japanese of those Japanese neck? Fender 12 inch uh, radius. That's the neck that I have on my contemporary. Yeah, fantastic neck. This one's pretty well played. Yeah, sometimes that's good. Sometimes it's bad. If the frets are in good condition, then it's not bad to have no, a relic. No, I'm just neck. saying it's like it's it's well played. It's well played. That's, that's for saying. sure. So um, overall, three fifty. I think. I think if it was just stock with that neck, I mean, I, I guess that's kind yeah, of my whole issue. Is this I'm is kind of on. this is kind of a creature. Yeah, totally. Um, whereas. I guess normally, um, normally I wouldn't go for like as much of a creature guitar for three hundred fifty dollars with these parts. If it, if you were saying like you were saying it had a different neck, and that was the only thing, I might jump at this for three fifty. Right. If I was in the market for, it. I'm not. Yeah. But it, you know, it would be tempting if it was on local Craigslist for three fifty. Uh, with that hack job on. That pickup though is hard. That kills like resaleability. You've got to find the exact right buyer, like someone who wants that exact thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. That makes it tough. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird. If it was unclean, it'd be a different story. But be, because it's done rough, like I don't know, man. Yeah. What Too is bad. what? What would you pay if it came up on local Craigslist <laughs> and you could make? your lowest possible offer and get it. Uh, I got a number in my head. 225. That's my number. <laughs> like seriously, I was thinking 225. I was kind of waffling. I I'm definitely like, just, I'm definitely down mostly in the 200 like range. Get that neck. Yeah. Get the hardware. I, I feel like and you know you, you can part it out if you ever need to. I mean, everyone's everyone's point is different. Everyone's price point is different. I feel like 250 and below right now is like beater price for me. Like sure. if I take it and I hate it, then whatever. If I get it and I think, well, maybe someday I'll have a use for it. I can throw it in the closet and I'm not going to feel like, 
oh, I paid so much money for this and it's just sitting in my closet. But at 350, it's definitely like for me at least, it's up in that range of like there it's just too much capital that's yeah. just sitting in a closet. Totally. I say as I have a jag sting under my bed that gets taken out once every two years. <laughs> yeah. And as I have like 20 guitars over here. Yeah, but none of them are worth more than $300. I know. So it doesn't matter. It's the problem. I need to start selling all my budget guitars, and then when I'm done, I'll have like two grand or something. No, if you sell all of your budget guitars, when you're done, you'll have enough money to buy... One Epiphone Les Paul Standard. (laughs) $600. (laughs) No, I think if I sold off a bunch of stuff around here, I could probably trade in for a Cower. Not a Cower, Cower, but a Titan. A Titan. Another KR1. Yeah, I could trade in for a Titan if I trade in. But but the problem is I have a bunch of cheap stuff around here that I have sentimental value. Oh. I know. It's cute. <laughs> Do we want to jump into the topic? No, I want to take a moment to thank Nathaniel Bernecker for joining. Ah. Is it Bernecker or Bernecker? I always think Bernecker. Oh, I go back Bernecker. and forth. Uh, anyway, thank you for uh, supporting us uh, by uh, donating to our inner circle level at $10 a month. Uh, if you want to learn more about supporting the show, head on over to 60cyclehomecast.com and click on support the show. It's um, how we afford to do things like this stupid green screen back here <laughs> or sending Ryan to summer Nam so he can make a video about a $99 Les Paul that he doesn't have yet. Um, or, or going to cower fest or going to cower fest or going to winter Nam. Yeah. We, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, you know, so, it helps us uh, buy equipment. It helps us fund merch. You know, technically according to our agreement with Podbean, I'm supposed to have a new microphone right now. Oh yeah. Do uh, you want me to get you a matching microphone? I don't. I mean, it, it would look. Or better, we could get our. We could both get new microphones. We could both get new microphones. Shopping day. Oh my gosh! All right. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, our first topic is uh, this past. Was it this past week? Did yeah, we it came two, out recently. In the last two weeks, we're since, behind the ball on this. But thing. since we last recorded, uh, Gibson came out with a uh, the Les Paul with a burst driver. Um, is what they're it's calling it. It's got a built-in two screamer. It's or got something. a built-in, yeah. It's got a built-in overdrive pedal. Um, do you have the exact wording of how they describe this pedal? Uh, no, circuit? I just uh, I just screen grabbed uh, this ad page about them. I didn't even go to the product yeah. page. It's a built-in analog overdrive effect. Oh yeah, they just call it a high-end analog overdrive pedal. What does that mean? It means it's a two screamer. A high-end one though. Well. Anytime you're talking about like if it's, you know, that implies like it's not just an off the, you know, they're not shoving TS9 guts. Sure, sure. They're, uh, they're JHS guts or something, you know. <laughs> no, they have uh, some guy that they contracted from a pedal builder. It's like, hey, build us a special tube screamer for our Gibson. Right. Here. I mean, it might not be a tube screamer, but that is yeah, it might kind be of a blues cl- breaker. That is the classic combo with the Les Paul would be to have a tube screamer in it. Um, is that the classic combo? I think it is. Uh, this has had I feel a like lot. I'd want a rat. If I had a, a dirt pedal built into a Les Paul, I'd want a rat in there. Okay. Um, so anyway, uh, then you wouldn't have a tone nub. You'd have a filter nub. A tone nub? Tone nub. <laughs> um, so there have been a lot of comments on this online. 
Uh, a lot of people, of course, are just comparing this to the 2015 Gibson lineup. Yeah. Uh, which is, oh, another bad move for Gibson. It's Putting like more stuff you don't want in a guitar. It's, uh, it's uh, odd years. In odd years, they release something dumb, basically. Um, I, I think don't think that's giving enough credit. I think they can put dumb stuff out in even years, too. <laughs> uh, my take on this is, I guess the first issue... Maybe is that this is a $5,700 guitar. Yeah. Um, now, is that good or bad? Like, it's going to limit the market for this. And in some ways, that's good because that was kind of like my complaint with the whole Gibson 2015 thing is that it was just like forced on everybody. This is really like a, just an ultra high-end thing. A lot of people are also going off like, oh, why, why does Gibson think guitar players only want one dirt box? As if having a built-in overdrive means you can only yeah. use one dirt box. Well, it does mean that it's it, you're stuck with it in one position in your chain. That's true. That's true. You. Can, but yeah, that that argument that like it means you only have one dirt box is ridiculous. Yeah. Now Gibson hating aside, um, you know, I'm sure the guitar plays fine. I guess. I would expect it better. I would expect it to for fifty seven hundred dollars. Some people think they should have done this on like a studio series and yeah. come up with some kind of like, uh, like made it like a fly rig sort of uh, taking a fly rig angle of like you don't need to take your pedals to the jam anymore. Just get this guitar. Now you got your. Uh, you, you now, want, but it's whatever. like it's like they're getting into Dan Electro territory when they had those. I forget the names of the guitars. The innuendo, I the think. The innuendo and that the hearsay bass. The hearsay, yeah. But like built-in effects almost always are a novelty guitars. Well, and that's ultimately like that's the immediate comparison is the Dan Electro stuff from the nineties, uh the K uh the K organ stuff. Was it K yeah, organ yeah. from like the seventies? Uh all these different like weird built-in effects guitars from the sixties and seventies and then Dan Electro later. All of them failed. Now, I've watched the video for this, and it sounds good in the video, at least. I didn't even watch the um, video. Joe Bonamassa said on Instagram that you know people should wait to play it before they get all angry. So it sounds like uh, Joe's at least like semi-okay with it. Well, yeah. And if like, Joe Bonamassa says it's okay, then that's what Joe Bonamassa says. That's chump change for him and his buddies. I mean, <laughs> come on. Um, He's like, oh, I want to try a new tube screamer. Oh, it's inside a guitar. Okay, I'll just buy that. What? Here's what I want to know: uh, How hard would it be to take off the back cover of the guitar uh-huh. and uh, put a new effect put in a there? Different effect in there. Well, you I'm look a- at the plate. I'm looking at the picture of the plate, and yeah. it's controlled by three trim pots. So whatever you put in there has to be compatible with the placement DS1. of those three trim pots. DS one. You'd have to. Is, you could do a rat. Yeah, you. I mean, there's all sorts of three pot things you can, that you yeah, can put. You could yeah. put three boosts in there. You could put a delay. You could put a delay in there. You could put. You there's can, a lot of you three knob put, pedals. You can pretty much put every effect in there. Yeah, not every every type of effect you could put in there. It would be. I mean, this is just a back panel. I, I'm betting you anything that uses their like their clip connection <laughs> technology. <laughs> I bet you if these took off, they would sell different backplates with different effects. No, this guitar is too expensive. This is a one-off. This is a one-year deal. But they might be doing it same as like a, you know, 
the Wazicraft amp, uh, where they come out with a super expensive thing, and then if it takes off, they come out with a budget model that's based on it that maybe is more friendly. I would be really surprised. Me if too. That Me too. I mean, it, it is Gibson we're talking about here. So, <laughs> um, it, it's really funny though, like the, the amount of vitriol uh, about this, and, and you know, I get it. Gibson's had their fair share of missteps. Um, I just, I don't know. Like, I, just, I, I think I've reached a point where. They're either going to figure it out or they're not. Yeah. And if they don't, then, oh, well. Here's my feeling every time Gibson does something. What's your feeling every time Gibson does something? All Gibson's core market wants them to do is to put out classic-looking, classic-feeling, classic-playing Les Pauls. Right. That maybe every now and then have a crazy color. But they want to buy a sunburst, a gold top, a black, and like a honeyburst Les Paul. Right. Every year. Like they want one available brand new every year. Well, I mean, that's, that's their audience. And if they don't provide that, they're pissing people off. And, and that's the crazy thing is like, you know, I actually saw somebody, and I don't necessarily disagree with them, say that the problem with, like Gibson and, and also to with they mentioned Fender is there are certain companies that you just nobody wants them to innovate. Well, it's fine with innovating, but like I said, you have to provide the core product that right. people want every year. But, but, but like, like like Fender every year is going to put out uh, an American Strat that is black with a white pick guard or sunburst with right. a pick with a white pick guard because that's the core of what people want. What but I, then they take the opportunity to experiment and do stuff crazy on the sides. Right. What I, I guess what I mean is like so another thing Gibson did is they released a um I forget what the model was called, but they released a guitar that uh where they reinforced the neck uh joint. Yeah, yeah. And people were like, there were some people who were like, oh, yeah, finally, they did it. They reinforced the neck joint. Now your headstock won't break off if you breathe on your guitar. But then the purists get all but up But, yeah, arms. I guarantee you if they did that across the board, even though you have these people who are like, yeah, this is a real problem. They should have fixed this decades ago. If they would just introduce that across the board now and say, like, look, this was an oversight. We're tired of fixing broken headstocks. So here you go. Um, like p- the purists would complain. Sure. Oh no, it, it, it resonates ever so slightly differently. So it doesn't sound like my whatever, whatever, whatever. Man, ever since they changed it in 2029, Les Pauls just haven't sounded the same ever since they reinforced that neck. Yeah. Oh, also they're made out of completely different wood stock now. And there's, you know, people have different demands from guitars, but you know, whatever. It just is it's not the same anymore. It's that neck joint. I played real 59 Les Paul. At a trade show 30 years ago, and I can tell you these don't feel anything like that. <laughs> I played a real 59 Les Paul reissue in 2009. <laughs> <laughs> when, I was, when I was 13 in 2004, my dad told me about... You were 13 in 2004? No, like, talking about a fictional character here. My dad told me how good Les Pauls are, and this just doesn't fit the bill. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's hit our next ad. I don't know where to go with this. You really wanted this to happen. Hey, I, I need to restart that other camera. You oh. you pull it up and roll with it. We won't stop. Uh, we have two cameras going. One of them is a DSLR, which means it's 
it's at its limit. The cheat is to the limit. Everybody, come on, Fahoo gods. Um, Fender guitar, $50. It's got an autograph on it. Uh, yeah, it does. What? <laughs> this um, is in Riverside, California. We can't remember who sent this to us, but whoever you are, thank you. Uh, Steve, I have a question. Yeah. Oh, uh, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> uh, I, so this guitar is covered in tiles. Um, and just, it looks like about 10 pounds of grout. Yeah. It's a, it's a mosaic or mortar. Do you use grout or mortar between tiles? I don't know. Grout, right? Grout in between bricks. Yeah. Yes. Uh, among the, um, the, uh, mosaic phrases on here are, uh, F me. It's a longer word than just the first letter F. Um, sex, free speech, and porn star. Well, it doesn't say star. It's a picture of a star. Yeah. Porn. So porn and then picture of a star. star. You know what? I actually looked at this for like five minutes trying to figure out what was going on there. I was like, why does this just say porn on it? <laughs> like, I don't get it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it says it's got an autograph on it. And I keep The autograph to... is underneath free speech. Yeah. It just says something. It says like Lucy. Signed 2004. Robert. Robert something. I can't tell, man. It's some sort of, you know... It's whoever did the art on this um, at best. Some kind of folk artist. Yeah, this uh, the headstock says Fender on it, but this is not a Fender-shaped headstock. There no, are it's not. five visible tuning keys. And they're all pointing different directions. You got hillbilly teeth going on these tuning hillbilly keys. Te- oh my god! <laughs> um, I, just, I actually kind of like the treatment of the the Fender logo here in the tile. Yeah, that's not the worst. I feel like if someone did an art piece that was meant to be representation of a guitar made out of tile, sure, that would be charming and passable. That's fair. Uh, but because it's on an actual guitar. It is disfiguring and horrendous and frightening. Right, right. This and upsetting is, in a lot of ways. This is being sold as Fender guitar. I, you know, I don't know. It's a piece of art, I guess. Look at the bridge saddles. Like, that kind of tells you what kind of guitar this was. Is this some sort of cheap, like, Johnson or something like that? Yeah. I've been trying to actually get a good look. Those, yeah, I'm pretty sure those are just cheap. It could have been a Rogue. Oh, the headstock kind of does remind me of Rogue. It could have been a Rogue. Um, it's only got one string. Yeah. I mean, but it does have a string. It is playable with that one that string. That string, I, I can't tell where it's going. What pickups are in this? They're nice and I aged yellow. I don't care. What if those are nice vintage pickups oh, in this guitar yeah. for 50 bucks? Would you pay $50 just to get the pick guard? <laughs> Hell no. And the pickups? No, I wouldn't touch this, this thing. <laughs> You'd have to pay me $10 to take this thing. I'd wear gloves. <laughs> it looks really dangerous and sharp and heavy. Like I said, a lot of grout on this. Um, I'm most entertained by just the free-floating uh, sex. Sex is just floating out there. Sex. And following my rules of guitar art, yeah, uh, this thing doesn't pass as a player because the text only reads when the guitar is sitting in a stand. Mm. It's, the text is sideways if you're holding it, playing it, meaning this is not a playing guitar. Porn stars upside down when you're playing. Yeah. So it's, well, it's so you can remind yourself. If you're a porn star, you're going to be upside down sometimes. Hey, there we go. <laughs> if you're watching the video, you get to see how Steve reacts to me all the time. 
All right, let's move on to our next topic. Uh, another thing that came out this week, actually, I think it came out yesterday, um, was a YouTube video. No, it was only like 10 hours old. Oh, maybe it did come out yesterday. I think then, it like came midnight out, or something. I think it came out late yesterday. Um, I'm not sure how to preface this. We're going to kind of use this as a basis. Um, for like a different topic. For a different topic. But basically, somebody felt like uh, the guy, a guy on YouTube who's, I guess, fairly well-known. I uh, mean, he's got 85,000 subscribers, yeah. Steve. Um, I, you know, I watched the entire video. I only heard him say that like two or no, three dude. times. He says it like so many times. Was it times. all on the front end? No, it's throughout. Like when every like five minutes, he finds a reason to right. say it. And the video is like 30 minutes yeah, long. So I, I know he does say that he's going to put this video on YouTube. He's going to put this video on YouTube. This guy. I've got 85,000 subscribers. Basically, this guy's deal is he buys guitars on eBay, Reverb, whatever. Uh, he will buy like cheap acoustic guitars, See, electric guitars, flip? whatever. He's a fix and flip. Okay. Nothing wrong Which with that. Which I'm a little confused by, too, because the guitar that he's trying to fix and flip in here, I never would try to fix and flip. Yeah, uh, it's a rough. I feel like uh, at $125, you're, by, after you do the work, you're basically out. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, he makes a video of his unboxing, just like we do. Yeah. Right? Um, and uh, and then, but when he opens it up, he finds a crack on uh, off of one of the tuning keys on the headstock. Well, the first thing he finds is that it's packaged very poorly. Yeah, if that's the way it really did come packaged, like that's unacceptable. It was just free floating in a big like refrigerator box or something like like a yeah. half half fridge box. Um. So so there's that, and so justifiably, like I think I would be really pissed too if I got a guitar oh, like of course. that. Yeah. Um. So then it goes into like he he shows the damage, and it's all the way through. Like at first I was like, oh, it kind of just looks like it could be a finished crack. No, but it's it, the he front shows and back. it from both sides, so it, it's all the way through, and uh, and so he calls out the seller. He sends the seller a message, and they just kind of get into this argument. He posts like a lot of the pictures from it. And at first, it's kind of like, this is awkward, but I'm like, I, I get why you're mad. Him and the seller were fighting it out in the in the chat function of or the messaging function of Reverb.com. Yeah. Which I'm wearing and, a shirt for right now. And, uh, and then it turns into this weird sideways thing where they just kind of just try to like big dog each other. It was like, just like getting angry. Embarrassing to read. Um. And it eventually gets basically it gets escalated to throwing around or at least the the guy who made the video throwing around uh, homophobic slurs. We'll say that. And I'm not saying like, oh, dude, oh, bro, that's so gay. Like it's, it's very, like, very specific. Yeah, slurs. very like this gets you. This is like a career ender if you're an entertainer. Oh, yeah. Level slurs. Oh, yeah. Um. So so anyway, so. Already, you know, you you're like you're right, but you're kind of going about this wrong. I mean, we're talking Mel Gibson level slurs here. Yeah. So so then you know this gets escalated up to Reverb, who gets in contact with them. And anyway, you can probably find the video if you want. What's that? Well, act- the, the whole the uh, uh, the the channel is called Will's Easy Guitar, uh, and we're not going to talk about his channel. We're not going to talk about anything else he's ever done. We're just talking about this. Um, this whole thing is just a comedy of errors from yeah. Both sides, 
I'm not going to say all three sides because you've got the seller, you've got the buyer, and you've got yeah, reverb you've got in reverb. between. I think reverb did a smash up job. Yeah, I thought that. So he records both his phone calls, which I actually thought was interesting. I thought the reverb guys did did a about as good of a job. I thought there were some things they could have done maybe a, a little earlier on, but the thing that I feel like they kept trying to communicate was because he was really mad that his feedback his so his account got suspended because of what he said in because the private of the messages slurs, because of the di- the dirty nasty things uh, he was which saying which meant that his feedback got taken down and he yeah. says that like oh, oh all I want is my feedback to stay up and his whole position was seemed to be at least portraying that because his feedback had been t- here because his feedback was negative that was why he got suspended and I thought they could have been more clear. They said, so, but he, they, he they didn't do, pick up on it. Yeah, I think they could have been like more insistent, like, look, your feedback's fine. We have no problem putting it back up. The reason that you're being taken off is because you can't like say those things in, in our private messaging system. people over messaging on a site where they actually do monitor your messaging to make sure you're not sidestepping the site to one, do your own one deals. One of the things, actually, I thought that was interesting about it, too— is that, oh, the, actually, I think the place, too, where I thought Reverb kind of, I thought Reverb kind of was missing where he was coming from, where they said, like, we will pay you back the money, or we will, like, well, file a shipping claim to get the money, and his whole thing is, like, oh, I don't want money, I just want my feedback to stay up, and I want, like, people to know that this guy sells guitars that aren't as described. Now, the kind of damage that was on it, like, as a player, I don't think I would have noticed it. I would have noticed it. I don't know. Think if I was selling a guitar, I would have necessarily looked that close. But at the same time, if I sent a guitar to somebody where I only put it in a box with no padding whatsoever, yeah. and it got there, and the guy was like, hey, yeah, there's a crack in the headstock, I would have been like, oh, dude, I'm so sorry. Um do you, how do you, how do you, how, how can I take care of you? Like, let's, yeah. let's fix this. I mean, I had an, a situation a couple of weeks ago where I sold a pedal that normally comes with the power supply. I took pictures of it. I packed it up. I sent it to the guy. He messages me on reverb when it arrives and like, Hey, it didn't have the power supply in it. Uh, I was like, are you kidding me? And so I go back and look at through my pictures. I'm like, you're right. It doesn't, I didn't include the power supply. And uh, I said in the ad, in the copy, like everything included. Oh, Okay. And so I was like, here's what I could do. I could either send you $12 or I could order you a replacement on Amazon and have yeah. it shipped to you. And he's like, I want the $12. There <laughs> it's you like, go. I, there I you don't go. blame you at all. It's way easier for me anyways. <laughs> yeah. So, so you know, it's it's kind of a tough thing. And to me, the, the take home with it was, and the thing I thought was kind of interesting about it actually is that Reverb, eBay, like PayPal, all of these uh, these transaction ultimately like they're all transaction brokers. Yes, and they they're are middlemen. all notoriously uh, buyer friendly. buyer friendly. Yeah, they take care of the. So, I always hear from sellers like, ah, oh, they don't take yeah. care of the sellers. They just so so are this was the one case where oh, and and the thing that kind of exacerbated the entire situation is that uh, the guitar was delivered while this guy was on vacation. Yeah, uh, but you know, when you order something, you know you're going on vacation. This guy, that's another part of the comedy of errors I was talking about. This guy ordered a guitar 
for dirt cheap and then left town and knew he wouldn't be around to check on it when it came in for like two weeks because he's yeah. because he says he's he got it like 11 days after he after he bought it or something because that was arrived. the whole thing the every, every, reverb and the original seller were like how come this is an issue now you've yeah. had it for almost two weeks yeah the whole so, thing is just a cluster f yeah um anyway the my, my whole the whole thing we actually were originally thinking of when we were talking about this is that um i personally i think it like i get being mad about something like oh, this totally. I get like wanting to get what you want. And I totally, I even understand like when he records his phone calls, like he's like, he kind of gets angry with the reverb rep. And I didn't think that was necessarily out of line because that's like, you're talking face to face. It's the moment of it. But I think when you're sending messages to a seller on a brokered site, like reverb, if you're not getting the thing that you want, you just say, look, I'm just like, let's just escalate this up. Let's bring in the arbitrator. Yeah. Reverb or eBay or whoever that let's is. Let's get the people who are paying with our percentage to exactly. take care of things exactly. to get in here and take care of stuff. Exactly. I mean, both of them, like you can go and watch the video and look at the screen grabs of his interactions with the seller. Cause he posted all up yeah, there. He's extremely transparent. Yeah. Uh, so I'll give, they, him, I'll give him props for that. Absolutely. They both are, you know, the sellers being defensive and insulting. And then the buyer escalates to a level that I just do not think is appropriate with the language he was using. Uh, but it's just, you know, like when you, when the, when both parties, when any party, starts to take the low ground like that. Yeah. It's over in my opinion, as far as the integrity of that party goes. Right. Uh, unfortunately they both took the low ground. If you want to, you know, be successful in these things, working on a site like reverb or eBay mm-hmm. or anything where there's a middleman involved, you can't get into this immature, like name calling and low road type stuff. You have to keep the high road. If you right. want to, get your way basically it's about getting your way and getting taken care of by the people involved if you act like a child and you act aggressive and abusive people just aren't going to want to work with you i think a lot of times those and they're not going to want to keep you on their site yeah i think i think that's ultimately kind of what it all came down to so i mean it it just flew way off off the the rails yeah off the rails off the handle off the chain off the hook you imagine a thing that something could come off of and it, it did it. It did it. Yeah, absolutely. So go watch that video if you want. Will's Easy Guitar. Uh, he kept saying in the video that he has 85,000 subscribers. He's really only got 84. So go subscribe to that guy so he can live his dream. Somebody said that he had 85, <laughs> but so, but he pissed off enough people with that video that he lost some. Yeah, I don't well, know if that's we true. piss off people from time to time to yeah. lose subscribers. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Every t- Every time we hit an Instagram milestone, you post it like the second it happens, and then we lose like five people. <laughs> yeah, because they're just trying to be dicks. <laughs> All right. By the way, uh, we, we tacked on a thousand YouTube subscribers in a week. Dang. From seven to eight? From seven to eight That's crazy. in a week. Like stuff has taken off for us all of a sudden. I don't know what's going on. Uh, last ad? Yeah, this last ad is called Reflection. We uh, Did you find this on Ugly Guitars? Uh, yeah, I was cruising Ugly Guitars and this came up. Um, all I'm going to say about this is, guys, if you're going to try to sell something online or you want to show your friends this cool new 
pedal or guitar or whatever you got, put on a damn shirt. <laughs> so this guy is, it's not even the full ad. It's just a screen grab from the ad, the picture. Uh, what is this from the electric guitar, guitar company, electrical guitar company? Is, it, is that what this is from? It's one of those aluminum guitars. Guitar I think it, that's the brand. Yeah. Um, and you know, as a video guy, person who works with images and cameras and whatnot, you always have to be mindful of your, your reflections. This guy appeared to be laying on the ground or like in a stairwell, completely naked. You don't see his junk in here, but you definitely see some pepperonis. <laughs> it's because it's an aluminum guitar. It might as well be a perfect mirror. You yeah. see, you see oh, it's everything. Real shiny. It's real shiny. Uh, so yeah, be aware when you're taking pictures of your stuff for Craigslist guys. <laughs> All right, do we have anything else we got to say? Uh, no, we don't. Thanks again to Sinusoid Cable, sinusoid.com. If you're looking for a new cable, uh, looking for something high-end that's going to last a long time, or you just want options for a custom length, go check out sinusoid.com. Sinusoid Cables, they make cables and smiles. All right, this week's song, Every uh, again, for you guys who are seeing this for the first time, uh, every episode we end with a song submitted by our listeners or by people who want to advertise their bands or whatever. Uh, this week we have uh, something sent in. Uh, it was actually the manager for this band sent it uh, to us. This band is called Love Like Suicide. Uh, they are an LA-based dark alternative band. Uh, I listen to them. They're kind of a, they kind of remind me of like that. Uh, not just because they're female fronted, hmm. uh, but they kind of have that kind of whole garbage. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Very alternative, alternative nineties, grungy. Sound. Yeah. Um, but they're based out of LA. I thought this was uh, this song was a ton of fun. Um, maybe fun's not the right word, but I enjoyed it. Um, this it's song a is, joyful romp. It's not joyful. I enjoyed. It. All right. Anyway, uh, this song is called Side Effects. Uh, so enjoy. There's that joy word. Later. Bye.
now.